This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Loveline is meant for an adult audience. Loveline may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Loveline with Dr. Chris starts. Three, two, one. Now. All right. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I want to just start the show by holding space for a lot of the grief, loss, and mourning that's happening right now. Also, some of the anxiety and depression and the anger. All of these are healthy, expected, normal responses to all the violence that happens in our world. Um, Finally, we're getting to talk more about some police brutality and the problem with the prison and carceral system and some of the criminal injustice systems issues and how black people and people of color are unfairly targeted within the criminal system and the prison system and that has to stop. And, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of videos, we're having new conversations. So I just want to hold space for that, that this is a difficult time for all of us. I was just out at some of the protests earlier today and everyone's having a wealth of experiences and we have to be here for all of them. So uh, to our black listeners and listeners of color, people that have been targeted or have family members or just live in fear, we are here. We hear you. We stand with you. Loveline is always trying to be a part of the battle. So we're going to keep talking about how white people can be better allies um, and where the work is for us to continue to dismantle all levels of violence, including racism. And for the LGBTQIA listeners, remember, that the pride, you know, gay pride literally is built on the shoulders of riots and looting and movements. And I'm not saying that that's a part of everyone's experience right now, but that does exist. And we want to separate out that from just the loss of life and the continued police brutality. And that is heartbreaking. So we're holding space for that. Um, You know, make make room for your friends that are black right now. They're they're definitely going to be heavily impacted by this. Um, maybe take a back seat, maybe quiet down, reach out and check in on them, see if you can help them with anything, see if maybe they need you to uh, come be supportive or take some work off of their load. Employers, please, your black employees, please give them a break. We are going through a mental health issue and crisis around this where we, we can't see mental health issues, right? They're invisible, but we need to hold space recognizing that people that are consistently a targeted community, right now, there is a lot of unexpressed and expressed rage and anger. Do not tone police. Do not tell them to quiet down or settle down. Let them, let them be where they need to be. Let them be where they are because right now, people should be pissed and people that are white, again, support them, hold that space, take the brunt of whatever they need to do to express themselves. This is this is decades of pent up, you know, stuff that should be released. Um, 
And, and also just self-care, self-care, self-care. Know that this is a difficult time. And so build in those moments of rest and napping and staying hydrated and moving your body, trying to eat nutritious foods if you have access to them or if you're interested in them. If not, eat that ice cream, whatever you need to do to really keep yourself charged. But this is a funky time. And so I just want to make sure everyone's looking out for themselves, looking out for their loved ones. And then we have, you know, interesting organizations really trying to step in and do their thing. Like, let's talk about Grindr, which is a sex and dating app. In solidarity, Black Lives Matter, they're removing um, the ethnicity filter on its app. I think that that's stunning. No one's ever done that. And they're basically saying like, listen, um, we don't want to be silent. We don't want to be inactive. And they said that they're also making donations to the Marsha P. Johnson Institute and Black Lives Matter. And they're urging everyone to do the same. And this is coming up on their page. That is that is absolutely stunning. That's what it looks like to try to have some teeth in the game, not just make money off and profit from the, the, the shoulders of people of color and black people, but by literally saying, we're going to do what we can. And so I love that. Don Lemon, from CNN, he was on his show uh, calling out people like Oprah and Ellen saying, do something. Like, y'all rich, use your money, donate, get out there instead of sitting quiet. I mean, it's really interesting to see who is sitting quiet right now. And we're watching. Like, we are seeing what companies show up just for gay pride but have no interest in gay involvement other times of the year. That's called performative ally allyship. That's crap. And then also right now, what organizations actually care about black people based on what they're posting or what they're not posting. Like, your silence is very loud and we see you and we're watching and we're realizing who's who's on the right side of history and who's not. So, And the people that are complaining about the looting and all that, look, we haven't even figured out how to stop the murder of black people. And until we do, no one's worried about property. And I am absolutely not advocating for violence. In fact, I, com I completely support nonviolence. Um, it's why I'm vegan. It's why I'm a feminist. And we all need to lean into that. But until we figure out how to save actual lives, I'm not worried about larger corporations. Corporations will be fine. They always look out for themselves. They always have. They always will. They will be fine. But I'm still wanting to stay with the conversation of how do we stop racism and black lives from getting taken? That's the question. And until that's resolved or solved, we should not be talking about materialism or capitalism. It will be fine. It has always been fine. And so that's where the work lies. And that's where the conversation is going to continue to be. So... We're going to be talking more about that, but that's what I want everyone to stop and ask themselves right now. Like, wh what more can I do? What, what am I doing if nothing at all? Because there's a lot you can do. You can protest. You can educate. You can advocate. You can donate money. You can call things out. You can take a look around your organization and realize, do black people have any positions of power here? Are they actively involved? Or are they just tokenly dropped in so the optics look good? You know, where does my money go? What organizations am I supporting or not supporting? Like, that's the work of allyship. Um, having those difficult conversations. Checking in on everyone. Uh, go get some water bottles and food and show up at the protests, feeding people keeping them hydrated donate money to getting people bailed out of prison if you have money i mean there's so much we can all do so um, we'll continue to talk about that because that's going to be the theme of a lot of our shows this week so hang in for that listen to love with dr chris on the new channel q and on radio.com this is dr chris and you're listening to love line all right, we're back and we're continuing to use uh, this platform to amplify and focus on black rights. It is not a time right now for us to be centering really anything else. So again, um, trying to keep the focus on what needs to be most focused on right now. And um, for those of us that are white and are unsure what to do or how to be a part of helping end racism and oppression and violence, part of what you can do is use your social media right now to amplify and to provide needed critical information. Um, 
I would say definitely at least go silent if you're looking to clog up your feed, but you can share reports of police violence. You can share organizations that are providing help with legal funds or bailouts for those that are arrested. You can provide kits that help deal with tear gas. You can go donate food and water to people that are out there as part of the uprising and the needed rebellion. There's so many ways you can help. You can also just educate yourself so that you have a better understanding of the need for prison abolition defunding the police force, um, and also ways that racism exists in overt and covert ways. I mean, right now, and again, trigger warning, this is really difficult to even talk about because I'm, I'm so disgusted by this. Some people chose, some very racist, hateful people chose to make a challenge out of this. They're calling it the George Floyd challenge, and it's all over the internet, and it's white supremacists mocking their knee on someone. This And it's teenagers doing it. And again, remember, no one is born racist or bigoted. This is something that they are trained and socialized into believing. And that's why I was saying on an earlier segment that anti-racist work begins at home, where white parents start to educate our children about the fact that we live in a racist, white supremacist culture, and that work needs to be done. And you call them out if you hear them repeating or talking about things that are covertly racist, uh, like jokes or name calling, like the really small little seeds. And that's why right now we can't allow those things to exist. We have to shut down, call out in silence. Any family members or any form of media um, just saw a post about Wendy's, the burger company donating $400,000 to Trump. We don't want to give our money to companies like that, just like we've talked about Chick-fil-A in the past who openly supports anti-gay rights organizations. This is where everything's political. When you go to dinner, when you spend your money, what you spend them on is supporting someone else's political agenda. So even if you're not political, you covertly are by doing that. So we really want to be very thoughtful about that. So people are asking, you know, what are the different forms of racism? Well, the really obvious ones are hate crimes, using the N-word, blackface, swastikas, racist jokes, racist slurs, police brutality. Like Those are the very obvious ones. And those are bad, obviously. But what sometimes is worse and is more insidious are the more covert, subtle forms because they get easily perpetuated and exist. And they're the ones where you hear something and you're like, huh? You need to now speak up and say, I'm sorry, that actually sounded very racist. I'm going to ask you to not talk that way around me or I'm going to ask you to go think about what you're saying or I'm not going to be able to continue to employ you because we won't have that exist here or perpetuated. So what does subtle racism look like? Um, like we said, it looks like jokes. It also looks like tokenism. And that basically means where you've hired people of color or black people so that it looks as though you're diversified, but they have no real position of power. Um, they're just kind of brought in as a placeholder. That's tokenism. Um, also things like gentrification, poverty, celebrating things like Columbus Day, which are rooted in the genocide of indigenous peoples. Because um, again, we want to look for black lives. We also want to pay attention to all people of color and indigenous people. So that's in there as well. You know, pay issues, English only initiative, racist mascots. Um, hiring and housing discrimination, all these different things are the more subtle forms. Um, still, you know, strengthening and perpetuating Eurocentric beauty standards, uh, centering always white voices instead of saying, hey, let me take a look around and see how many white people I've given positions of power or a microphone or platform to. And I wonder if there's people of color that we could instead plug into those spaces. And also just the more global question of if you look around in your organization or whatever 
whatever we're talking about, your event, your organization, your company, if everyone's white, you might want to ask yourself, why is that? Have we not made it safe for people of color to want to work here or to work here? Have we not promoted ourselves in areas where people of color are looking for jobs and employment? Do we have any racist hiring practices that we need to really uncover and acknowledge? Like these are the things that are really important if you want to be an ally. And I'm calling on everyone to be an ally. And therapists, you have work to do in your office too. Um, racism, covert or overt, from you is unacceptable, but from your clients, that is a target of treatment. That is a target of treatment, just like someone's problematic drug use, drug use self-harm, suicidal ideation, domestic violence. This falls under those root, that rubric. We don't just ignore that as though that's just how it is. That is part of preventing your client from, from creating harm on others. So we need to be part of that macro level change. I'm calling on all mental health workers to be activists. This is part of what we're here to do. And if we don't do it, who else is going to do it? Luckily, a lot of people, but it is at our feet. We are responsible for people's healthcare and mental health and sociopathy and a lack of empathy and that kind of narcissism where they disregard the lives of others because of the color of their skin is a mental health crisis and a public health crisis and something that needs to be addressed. So we all need to step that up and do better. All right, like I said, we're gonna keep talking about race, how to be a good ally. We're holding space for black voices. On my new show, I'm listening, Stay Connected. We're gonna be centering that all week. So check that out on all the radio.com handles. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sexy world and we want you to explore it with confidence. Here we go. Hey, Dr. Chris. So an old friend who is married and has a family is now reaching out to me. He must have seen my separation status on my Facebook. I really enjoy speaking with him, but I don't want to portray breaking up a home. I've been cheated on and I asked him to mention it to his wife. Is that fair to ask? I don't want to cause any problems and I don't have any feeling for him. He's just a good person to talk to. Well, first off, let me just applaud you on your integrity because I think a lot of people think that if they're a part of someone doing something harmful to another person, that as long as they're not directly doing the harm, that somehow they're not complicit in that harm. And people that are mentally healthy and have integrity, they consider the impact of all of their behavior. And it's, it's a good sign that even though you are not directly involved, you, you would indirectly be. And again, I want us to all have care and compassion for how everything we do or say impacts the lives of others. And so I think that's really beautiful because I want people to be able to be friends with the gender they're attracted to. I think friends with your ex is also a beautiful, beautiful thing. Because again, if we're being healthy and we're with people that are worthy of trust and that we trust, then... Everyone can be friends with whoever they want and all as well, right? And so, yeah, I think it's really great that you asked, um, making sure he he can tell his wife. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it'd be a loving thing for you to say, like, hey, I'm really glad to hear from you. I think that that's really great. I, I realize you're married. Is your, is your wife aware and okay with us chatting? Um, and then you've kind of done your diligence. I, I don't I don't like the idea that as adults, we need to ask our partner's permission because that's a really problematic relational style. And I'll be talking more about that because it's coming up a little bit more now uh, now and again. But um, as adults, we all get to decide what we do. And I want us to be in relationships with people of integrity so that 
we can always assume the best. And um, this is kind of an example of that. So I like that you're kind enough that you want him to ask his wife. There should be no reason that he could lovingly not share it. I don't want him to have to ask for permission though. Um, I don't like that idea. So that's kind of the takeaway. We shouldn't be in relationships where we need permission. We should be in relationships where we can be vulnerable and transparent and say things like, hey, uh, you know, interesting story. My old friend so-and-so reached out on DM. I haven't talked to her in forever. It was really great to hear from her. That should be how it's shared uh, transparently, um, although it's everything's well because it is. But I don't believe that people should need permission. If you're in a relationship where you have anxiety or fear of your partner, then we have work to do. If you're in a relationship where you need to get permission, then we have work to do because everyone should have equal amount of power. Everyone should get to decide what they want to do in their lives. We don't enter into marriages and relationships to have our lives confined or to have someone managing us or looking over our shoulder, uh, we should be adults and we do what we do and people are welcomed into our lives as a husband, a wife, a boyfriend, a girlfriend and they get to participate in our life and we share things. But it shouldn't be a power dynamic. No one should need permission. Um, but I do like your thinking and that again, you're considering your impact on other people and you don't want to be complicit in something problematic happening. And um that could be something you talk to him about. And then what he gets to do with that and chooses kind of tells more about him and his relationship and his level of respect. But yeah, it's a really great question. I like questions like this because as simple as it sounds, there's so many different important threads and pieces to that. Cause again, there's a lot of people that believe we shouldn't have friends with the gender we're attracted to or friends with exes. And again, as we get into relationships, our lives should get bigger. More should be brought in. We should be meeting each other's friends. Our lives expand. We don't get into relationships to have them shrink down. And all of a sudden we don't have friends. We're not going out and doing things on our own. We're not seeing family members. Oh God, that's, that's like, that's toxic monogamy. That's a form of, you know, problematic relationality. So, um, yeah, let's not be like that. <laughs> all right. Uh, any DMS you guys have for us, you can always slide into the DMs on our Loveline IG page, or you can tweet them at us on our Loveline Twitter page. And as always, just kind of promoting it. Hope you're checking out my live stream show. I'm listening live, and that's on, I believe, Thursday nights now at 5 p.m. Uh, what is that? 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can check that out in all the past episodes on all of the radio.com handles, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. And also old shows of Loveline are all available on We Are Channel Q and also on radio.com. Hope you're all taking care of yourselves. Uh, sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sexy world. We want you to explore it with confidence. We'll be back. Hey, it's Dr. Chris, and this is Loveline. All right, we're back, and it is time for some couples therapy. So, of course, we've got licensed therapist Rebecca Ashita with us. What's up, Rebecca? How are you doing, Chris? Oh, you know, it's just interesting times. So, like, I've been trying to really center the show in black lives and just kind of amplifying and addressing. Um, so just like talking about mental health and therapy, do you see your clients coming in impacted and talking about what's happening culturally around them right now? Uh, I mean, definitely. I mean, I think that, you know, we've all been dealing with COVID and the pandemic and then this comes in. And I think that it's really... You know, in some ways, it's really highlighted for me um, with friends or even clients the way that they actually also see race relations. And that's been a little challenging. Mm -hmm. um, so I think really what has been difficult for me personally is seeing people more upset about looting and vandalism than they are about you know, oppression, racism, inequality. And that's been a really challenging thing for me on a personal level. Um, to feel and experience. Um, so I think that 
I'm really standing in, you know, that it's not enough just for us to be not racist. We need to be anti-racist. And, yeah. you know, there's so much going on in the world right now, right? It's the pandemic. Now you layer it with this. And it's it's just a lot for people to process. Yeah. And that was what you brought up was one of the topics that came up in some of the sessions I'm having with patients this week where we were talking about how, like, in a way sadly how some people are responding what's happening is almost like a roar shock and some people are yes, finding yes. out that some of the people in their lives <laughs> totally over to over racism and they're kind of like man you're letting me down here yes <laughs> it is so true i mean have i experienced this with friends and it's been i literally where i'm shaking where i'm like oh my gosh really is this I'm like lives are not replaceable things are replaceable right? Lives are not replaceable. And I feel like it's so important for us to understand the trauma and the pain at the core, like what exactly this is all about. And yes, there are bad apples and there are people that are opportunists and all of that. Yes, is true. And I never condone violence or looting or any of that. But at the core, it's like this nation is in pain and we really need to wake up to what's going on around us. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page with you where I'm saying like once we figured out how to stop, once we figure out how to eliminate racism, which sadly probably won't happen in my lifetime, but once we've right. figured out how to save more lives, then we can circle back and talk about the damage done at these really wealthy corporate places, you know? Right, right. Well, you know, a lot of the corporations were also bailed out with um, these huge checks and we're I'm like you know the little people are getting you know what twelve hundred dollars in stimulus checks so the, their people are angry they're angry for more reasons than just the racism it's the inequality the oppression where you know people are not feeling heard and understood and this is and what happens you know over you know decades decades hundreds of years the well anger. there's there's so many there's different things that come out of that for me like one of them is i'm trying to imagine what it's like okay i know how disgusted and unsafe i feel with our current administration right our president so yes. then i'm imagining what someone who's black feels having an openly racist president and then i'm even thinking more on a local level where our los angeles police chief has said some pretty racist things in news um uh, what do you call them? News thingies where they do the interview press conference. <laughs> uh, and then, and then only came back to apologize when he was strong armed into apologizing by our mayor and his apology was still very racist and problematic. Right. And wasn't even honest. So it's like, how is anyone of color supposed to feel safe in our culture when the administration's also problematic and racist? And so is the police chief who in theory is supposed to be protecting and looking out for you. But we all know that that's not how the police system works. But I mean, I can't imagine wading through all that. No, it, it's really, it's so challenging because it's like, there's, there's so, there's so much pain and there's so much misunderstanding and you know, the community, the black community just wants to be loved and accepted just like any of us do. Right. I mean, here are these men, this Derek guy who he did get arrested. Right. But what about these other cops? They didn't get and nothing happened. They're still walking free and they did nothing. And, right. And, so, uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So people are dying. People are dying. And, and I'm not going to cry over a Gucci store or a Fendi getting broken into. Is it bad? Sure. I'm not I'm not OK with it. I'm, I don't think it's great. But I don't think we should, we we need to not lose sight of the bigger picture. 
Right. It, 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 it's an issue, but it needs to get in line behind bigger issues. And also, exactly. You know, from a mental health perspective, like how does one even begin to talk about mental health and wellness when they're a person of color immersed in our problematic culture? But we're going to take a quick break and we come back. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in our couples therapy segment. Listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back, and it's Thursday night, so we're doing a little couples therapy. So we've got Rebecca Sheeta with us. So, um, Rebecca, so we're talking about Black Lives Matter and what's going on right now in our culture. So I'd love to hear just your perspective because you're you're not white. You're a woman of color. You um, have an Asian background. How, if at all, does that – I don't know. Like, what comes up for you with what's going on around that for you? Your <clears throat> well, I mean, I think for me, I mean, I have experienced – um, racism and I've experienced misogyny, but I'm honestly, in my mind, it's not, it's not the same. I mean, I, I know this is going to sound strange, but, you know, being, um, you know, being Asian, I had a lot of, a lot of experience growing up where people would go up to me and do karate chops or think I knew karate and they would be very, I mean, very racist and, and like, you know, do these slanty eye gestures at me. And it was awful. It was incredibly painful. And I still remember those things. That is, it just doesn't feel, it just doesn't feel the same as what a black person goes through in the community. I'm not, I'm not going to be somebody pulled over and, and, um, and assumed to be some criminal. I mean, I'm a woman and I'm Asian. I, honestly, that, that's totally different. I, I can understand on some level the racism because I've experienced it, but it's next level. It's different. So for me, I really want to be educated. I want to learn. I mean, I feel I'm educated around this, but I want to learn. I want to be available to the community and understand. Um, but the truth is we can never really fully understand, but we can support. We can support this community and we can help in any way possible. It's so interesting because I feel like we should treat people of worth and value just because they're human beings. Exactly. Um, but I think some people in order for them to want to do the work, they have to like empathize. And I wish we didn't need empathy. I wish we just inherently <laughs> like everyone is worth and value. So when I try to go and, and again, I, and I do believe that, but when I try to just like sit with my own experience vicariously through other people's experience of let's say the police, I don't feel safe around them. And I feel a little anxious in my stomach when I walk by a cop because I no longer see them as like safe resources. And so I can only imagine if I, as a white man with a lot of privilege feels that way, what must someone in our racist culture who's black feel like? Right, 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 absolutely. And you know, people are, you know, they're raising their black sons and they're in fear. And, and I completely understand that, you know? I mean, it's a very painful experience. And no, not all cops are bad. That, you know, it's just like, you know, they're good, like, like as you and I know, there are good therapists or bad therapists, yeah, right? There. <laughs> because that's, also, no, that's an interesting thing, like weighing on this. I put, I purposefully on a couple therapist Facebook pages, I posed the question, not, not, not literally, well, I did want to hear their thoughts, but it was also just to kind of like start the conversation where I said, how are you therapists dealing with racism in your clients, in your practice? What do you yes, do racist I clients? Yes. And I wanted to just make people stop and go, oh my God, like I've, I've never addressed it or I never thought about it. Or, and it was really interesting to see how most actually said nothing. Or they just oh, see, that. I do, I do, and I don't care I mean, if no, I, I lose a client. You know, I, I mean, it's not okay with me. No, it's no. I meant more that like they didn't say I ignore it, 
I they they didn't even answer the Facebook post, which tells me they ignore it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wish they at least came out and said I ignore it because then that was a little more honest and I could work with that and say, oh, I wonder if that serves. It sounds like that serves you and your anxiety, but I'm glad you bring it up. I mean, what? how do you address that? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll just call it out. I mean, it's sort of the way, like when I work with a narcissist, with narcissistic abuse. I mean, I will call out what I see. If I see emotional abuse happening in the session in front of me, I'll say, yeah. wow, that was incredibly emotionally abusive what you did. Did you just notice that you gaslighted her or whatever it is? I, I will call it out. And so, you know, you're going to often as a therapist, you may lose people because you're going to be direct and honest and call things out. There are a lot of therapists that may not work that way, but I, I really, I'm not so hungry for clients that I'm going to um, be in that kind of situation. I hope that I can educate and help someone see something a different way. But if something feels really uncomfortable, like you, you may have to refer them out. That just yeah, might be not a client for you, you know? That's same, because I agree that like, I think your definition of mental health is pretty similar to mine, which includes... Uh, people's character and integrity, which is tied yeah, to yes. some of the politics. And I don't believe that I'm healing or being a healer or, or following do no harm if I'm supporting any level of oppression that someone's acting out on anyone. And racism. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I just saw a Facebook post recently from a therapist who basically talked about how you can't support Trump and be a good therapist. And I mean, look, this could be a conversation for another time, but uh. it went on and on and people were getting really upset. But the truth is like, uh, you, how can you be effective if you're like anti-gay and you're anti, you know, trans, other uh, trans and race, like how are you helpful? How are you helping people evolve and grow and love? You, you just, you can't, it's not effective. No, cause you yourself have your own internalized uh, racism and, 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 and oppressive perspectives and how do you not project that out? I agree. I mean, that's what's really scary. And that's why like, I actually do support some clients when they say, Hey, like I'm black, I want a black therapist. I'm like, I get it. You know what I mean? Right. Like might be levels of support or nuance that you need that I can't provide. Or even some people that maybe are gay and want a gay therapist, but it can also work both ways where I've worked as a male with some female clients that were like, I needed a corrective experience and I needed a male therapist because yes. of anxiety around men. And so it can work both ways where for some people, if they want to do that work, it's really powerful to work with someone opposite of you to try to learn how to trust and have a new experience. Absolutely. And honestly, clients teach us. You that's know, right. that's what I think is so right. beautiful too, is clients can teach us and they can open our eyes and make us better therapists too. Bam, blam. Rebecca Ashita, where can people find you? Um, Instagram, Hungry Becca. And um, my website is RebeccaAshita.com. Beautiful. Love it. Have an awesome night. Okay. You too. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. This is Dr. Chris and you're listening to Love Line. All right, we're back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sexy world, and we want you to explore it with confidence. All these DMs come from our Loveline IG page, so if you have a question, you can slide in there with it or tweet it to us on our Loveline Twitter page. This one asks, I like to come anonymously with this, always, 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 always. So I was dating someone who ended up calling it off because she wasn't ready, however, ended up running into her on an online dating site. She knows how I feel, but it's a mind F how she likes my posts on my Instagram gives me some sort of sense that she still cares. What does she want out of me? She is breadcrumbing me, or why is she still lingering around and adding salt to the wound when I clearly can't find it in me to be friends with her? Hashtag 
What does that say? Hashtag, I fell in love with her. Yeah. Look, people can be in our lives in so many different ways. Some people just want sexuality and flirtation with us. They want to send us, they want to sext us. They want to have sex with us, but they don't necessarily want to get to know us on other levels or date. Some people are more interested in the non-sexual dating stuff. They want a companion to go do things with and sexuality is secondary. Others maybe want um, a friend. I mean, there's so many different ways that people can relate to us. So often when someone says <laughs> that um, they're not ready, sometimes it's code for, I'm just not feeling the chemistry with you. I'm just not attracted to you or interested in you in that way. But they're back on a dating site, so clearly they're open to dating. Or, again, they're looking for something more casual than you want, and so they're back on the dating site trying to find someone who wants to casually date, and maybe they realize you weren't open or interested or available for that, and so they were being very loving and healthy. But I guess there's like a learning lesson in this for everyone. If you exit someone's life and you know that they still care for you, you're not complimenting them or making them feel good by liking their images often. Sometimes that can feel like this individual, really uh, terrorizing because they're being reminded of you consistently. Um, but I would say this to the person who sent in this question, take care of yourself. And if you like this person liking your stuff is really painful, you can tell them that. I mean, I want people to have honest, open relationships with each other. Often a lot of things we ask are things we need to go ask of the person. So you could reach out to this person saying, hey, um, I noticed you like a lot of my stuff. Hope you're doing well. It actually can be a little triggering and it can kind of throw me off is maybe, maybe just quietly follow or maybe now's not the time for us to follow each other. It's okay to set boundaries and make those requests. It's okay for you to ask for what you need. It's okay for you to be vulnerable enough and let them know like, hey, my feelings are still there for you. It's really hard on me to see you liking my images. Is there any way you can maybe hold off on that for a while? I think that's a very stunningly lovely thing. I've had people say things like that to me. Like, hey, right now I really, it's difficult to be your friend. I know we said we were gonna try and you keep reaching out. Can we put that on pause? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I care about you, whatever you need. I'd, I'd want someone to tell me if, if me following them or engaging their Instagram posts was problematic for them, because I'd want to know so I could stop. And so tell them, you know, or use it as a difficult moment to really learn how to tolerate being disappointed and let down and having this person still around, because that, that can often happen. But um, yeah, that's part of dating, right? We bring people into our lives and then we need to reorient and shift how we relate to them because we don't want the same things romantically or in terms of commitment or in terms of sexuality or whatever it is. So I'm glad she's back online dating, doing her thing. I'm sorry that you had to see that. That's really hard to see. I, I Trust me, I understand that. I've dated some public figures and I'm forced to see them in magazines, on television, and around the town. It's really hard. It's really, really hard. And I know I still have people that I have dated that people will still tag me in posts of theirs. And this is people that I haven't been with in years. So it's hard. That's, that's just part of an ending, right? Is that the memory of them exists and memories are associative and they're triggered by the person literally inserting themselves in our lives somehow or hearing a song or experiencing something that reminds us of them. It exists, it lingers, that's part of it. Um, try to see a beauty in that, you know, try to not feel so much pain, but try to see the beauty in, I was open, we tried, it wasn't the right thing for me. I'm glad that they're moving on and it propels me and reminds me that I want that with someone and so let me go find someone who's available in the ways I want them to be. Be motivated to go find that. There's so many people in my practice that are single and online looking to date. They'd be happy to date a lot of my listeners. You just have to stay in the game. So when your heart hurts, when you're let down, you're broken up with, when you're divorced, get back on there, get back out there. 
Uh, go as fast or slow as you want, but it's okay to get right back out there. If you want to be in a relationship, practice learning how to be in one. Go after it. Don't learn how to be single and on your own unless you're looking to be single and on your own. So remember, it's okay to get right back out there and get dating again. The studies show that the length of time between dating doesn't determine its health or success. It's how healthy the people are. I tend to not be single for long. Why? Because I don't enjoy singledom personally. When I have it, I welcome it, but I'm more geared towards relationship, and so I constantly seek it and that's healthy for me. All right, sliding into the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sexy world. We want you to explore the confidence. That's our show. As always, thanks for hanging out. Old episodes are available, as we said, on all the wearechannelq.com page and uh, radio.com. You guys take care of yourself. Have an awesome night, and we'll see you tomorrow.